Hello, this is your host Helen, and welcome to today's episode of Asian Bitches Down Under. It is my pleasure today to、uh, speaking with Merlene Ton, an actor and playwright who have had three of her works published by Playlab.、Uh, these include Mama Ma Mad, The True Story of Mother Suicide, and Blue Bones, a semi-autobiography of teenage romance as it blossoms and warps in the heat of bustling Singapore. <laughs> has won six Matilda Awards, including the Lord Mayor Award for Best New Australian Work, Best Main Stage Production, and Best Female Actor in Leading. <laughs> Some of my <laughs> recent performances, including White Pearl, which I attend personally myself, with、oh, the Sydney、oh. Theatre Company and National Theatre of Parramatta, and the highly acclaimed、um, Poison of Polygamy with the Sydney Theatre Company as well. So Malin will soon be performing under the direction of Danielle Misich for IDK. I assume that I don't know. Yeah.、Um, <laughs> so it is a mesmerizing blend of movement and narrative, which examines、um, the private and public territories of body throughout our lifetime and the nuances of navigating cons- consent. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Malin to our show. Yay! Hello, thank you, Helen. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, could we start with you telling us about yourself, uh, your background, where you grew up, and what was your childhood like? Yes, of course. So, um, I actually grew up in Singapore.、Mm. And I spent a lot of my life in Singapore. Actually, I only moved to Australia when I was 22 years old. Okay. Yeah. So,、um, what was my childhood like? It was lovely, but also turbulent. And、um, for example, there's a whole. My my parents passed away when I was quite young. So actually, I had a whole period of my life where I was raised by gangsters. Oh, really? <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> I actually kind of wrote a play that's a little bit based on that too, called Golden Blood. That was in Griffin last year,、um, yeah. because my brother was a bit of a gangster, and、um, so I had quite an unusual、uh, upbringing. And、uh, I actually ended up in Australia、um, after working in Singapore for a few years in advertising. I was a suit, so an、oh, advertising executive. Yeah. yeah, so I did that for a bit, and actually. Some of my inheritance came through from my parents, and my brother asked me if、um, I wanted to go to Australia to study that I've mentioned before, or he was going to buy a really fast car. So I decided <laughs> education. I do yeah, education. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up here in Australia, and I always thought I would be here for like one year, two year, you know, finish the degree and go back. But lo and behold, it's been fifteen years now, and I'm still here. So. Yeah,、oh, that's wonderful. So you were in advertising before. Was performing arts something that you always wanted to do? Was that the like the first choice of career? But then you kind of moved to advertising because I assume that performing arts wasn't really the first choice for many Asian families.、Um, yeah. What fascinated you in performing arts? Yeah, I guess、um, the weird thing was that I I always loved it. Loved performance since I was a kid, but it never felt like an actual possibility.、Mm. Not that anyone told me I couldn't do it, and in fact, actually, my family was quite.、Um, my parents themselves were lenient to some degree, so it wasn't like they were telling me I had to be a doctor, an accountant, or a lawyer. But 
I think I received that from the outside world, you know, yeah. just from yeah, yeah, you know, pressure from the overall society, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly, and. Yeah, I just never really、um, thought of it as a possibility. And then, you know, in school, sometimes you get like classes, and I always enjoyed it. But a、um, significant, two significant moments for me. One was in Singapore. My friend, when I was fourteen years old, stole something from a shopping centre, and she got caught by the police.、Mm-hmm. And as part of her punishment, I still don't understand why to this day. But she had to go to an acting class.、Mm. And, strange. That's a bit strange. She didn't want to go alone,、uh-huh. so she said, "Berlin, can you come with me?" And that was my first exposure to acting. I was fourteen years old, so thank goodness my friend stole something and got me here. But I loved it. I absolutely thought, "Oh my gosh, this is what I meant to do." But even then, I didn't believe that、um, it's a it's a, a job I could pursue.、Mm-hmm. And then later, fast forward like five six years, I was in advertising, and I remember I had to, one of my clients was Coca Cola, and、I、had to go to there. Like a showing of their school show, and I was sitting there in the audience watching these two performers perform, and it was a lovely show. It wasn't particularly like wow, incredible, but I just had this distinct feeling like I was sitting on the wrong side. Like I'm meant to be performing. I'm not meant to be sitting here in my suit and high heels, you know.、Mm-hmm. So、um, I feel very lucky to have、um, come here and pursue it, and now somehow、uh, made a career out of it. Wow, <laughs> where do you get your inspiration from?、Um, apart from you know watching that initial performance when you were working at advertising, <laughs> were there any other very important aspects of performance arts that you saw that you really is inspired to do that? I think as a human being, I've always been taken by the sense of wonder,、mm. and I. You know that feeling of even I just love going to new places and having new experiences. And I remember watching as a child, like watching、um, when I had the opportunity to see the theater, and when that sense of wonder happens, or when I see people so in their bodies,、mm-hmm. you know. And that's what the show we're making is about, actually,、uh, being fully embodied. But that always. Took my breath away, especially on stage. You know, when you see someone, I remember just seeing this performance, and it was the most bizarre thing. And this woman started singing opera as this bed started moving, as the lights changed, as this man moved, just arched his back. And that one scene, I said, "Oh my gosh, is this what it's like to be violently alive?"、Oh. And I think I'm so taken by that sensation. That's, I guess, inspiring to me. Oh, I love that description. The wonder, the word, the word of wonder, really encapsulates how people feel about performance arts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first time on stage? What was it like for you? Oh, first time on stage. Oh, you know, I don't think I actually. Oh yeah. Oh, in that when my friend stole something. Yes, I did perform. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's my first time, I think, performing,、mm-hmm. and it was bizarre. It was a mime performance, Helen. I don't know what happened. We were all like doing mime, and we ended up touring the show across Singapore. I guess、oh、it's the same thing.、Uh-huh. It's. I just felt hilariously. You know, that program was for delinquents, and me and my friend Sue joined with. So we were the non-delinquents, and of course, me and Sue were the ones that toured this show. All the people from the program left.、Uh, it was very silly, but、um, 
yeah, I think I remember just feeling nervous, but correct at a life. Right. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is this is what I'm meant to do. Oh, Not in a profound mm-hmm. sense of like, oh, I'm gonna pursue this now for the rest of my life,、mm-hmm. but. I was happy, you know. I think. Yeah, yeah. Happy is a very important thing for you know <laughs> a teenager to do. I think nowadays a lot of teenagers they they found they feel like they're lost, you know, and especially、yeah. with so many options nowadays, kids find it hard、yeah. to you know pursue something. But that was really good. That was really lucky for you to find like a direction, isn't it? Absolutely. Actually, now that you say that, Helen, I remember too. Actually, that was a period of time my mum took her own life too. It was during that. So this, the theatre did bring me、um, respite and、uh, maybe some level of escapism.、Mm-hmm. And my acting teacher, Faith Eun, was incredible too. She,、um, yeah, you, you meet good people in life, don't you? And they sometimes happen at the exact right moment. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that your culture background is an important factor when it comes to performing arts?、Um, because it sounds like have you performed、um, apart from your、uh, teenage, like the a brief period of performing? <laughs> yes.、Um, did you perform professionally back in Singapore, or did you only perform in Australia? No, you haven't. Yeah. Not only Australia. Not in Singapore. I had a completely different life. A completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think your cultural background is、um, do influence how you perform? Do you think it's an advantage to make you stand out? Perhaps you know a certain script that is only fitted for your background.、Uh, what do you think on the aspect of cultures in performing?、Mm, I think for a long time it was a hindrance, wasn't it? You know, like ten years ago, especially.、I've- I've had teachers,、um, you know, mentors say some really nasty things to me about how it's never going to be possible just because I'm Asian、mm. and things like that. But thank goodness we are in a different place now.、Mm. There's still systemic problems. Don't get me wrong. We still need to work on it. But it's a good time to be an Asian artist, and there is a as much as I want to escape it, I think there is a sense of responsibility now. Being this body on stage, you are. We are leading the charge, you know. I think where the,、um, the, the work has been done for like twenty, thirty years, like so many people behind before me, like Gabby Chan and Ayen, they all did that work、mm-hmm. years ago.、Um, you know, Anthony Brandon Wong, so many incredible people, and now we're in this new wave of like Asian artists coming up. And I think it's incredibly important to represent as much as I mean, there are days I don't want to. It's it's such a big weight, isn't it, to have to carry? But、um, it's important, like the show I'm in now. I I would never I don't know I've never in the past never been in this position of like I'm just invited to shows nothing to do with my ethnicity.、Mm-hmm. Um, Danielle Mitchich like she wanted to work with me five years ago the artistic director of Force Majeure and she never forgot which is so rare and she's tracked my career for five years and now this thing opened up、mm-hmm. and we've been developing it for two years and this show doesn't really mention、um, my ethnicity but the show is about the body. Yes, and the virtue of me being looking the way I am. In fact, sometimes you know, really with very little clothes on, like you see my skin, it's in your face. You hear my accent, you know, it's、mm-hmm. not from right here. You so,、um, yeah, I think it's incredibly important to to represent. But I'm glad how far we've come, and we've got longer to go. Yes, yeah, that's my, where my next question will be leading towards. 
Um, with the changing landscape of a lot of, for many actors and performing artists mm-hmm. now, even though that we're seeing a progressive movement for artists of color and advocacies that's happening for artists uh, of minority backgrounds, do you think there's still challenges for POC performing artists um, and how should we overcome them? For sure, I think there is still um, challenges. Mm-hmm. It's it's new. It feels raw, you know. It feels new this mm-hmm. way, and mm-hmm. like you get. Um, I think that I I hope that the answer is stories uh, mm-hmm. and and bodies on stage, and you know, uh, Courtney Stewart, who directed me in Positive Polygamy, talked about uh, did an interview and talked about how she's trying to change the world one story at a time, and yes. I kind of really love that, you know, um, to empathize with. Uh, another culture through more and more of their stories to see our connectedness through the stories and in the show so in the show his name is Gabriel and he's half Malaysian as well so with you know two people on stage people of colour I think uh, I think shows like that are really important pushing that narrative but there's still challenges there is but we have to push through don't we have to keep representing Yes, yeah, just, you know, show our faces out there, I guess. That's right. Like, yeah. the, like I think, like, existence is resistance, right? Just mm-hmm. existing and in all, and not to be like a model minority or anything like that, but maybe to be human, right, as best you can in front of people mm-hmm. and be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's that's lovely. Yeah, I liked it. I like that. Um, let's talk about the upcoming performance, IDK. Um, I don't know. Um, how did you came about this role? Yeah. So um, Danielle saw my show that you mentioned earlier, Blue Bones. Okay. Yeah. Five years ago. So mm. Danielle is the artistic director of Force Majeure, and she's one of these extraordinary human beings that. You know, people say to you all that, Alan, I want to work with you, I want to work with you. And she said to me, Merlin, I want to work with you. And people say that all the time. But she was literally on me for five years. Wow. We found a project, the funding fell through, didn't do that. And then this came up and she calls me one day and mentions the show. And she mentions that it's based on this book, um, The Body Keeps the Score. That was our initial, the show right now may not be so based on that, but that was the initial impetus. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing was, Helen, I was reading that book at the time. When she oh, called me. Oh, oh my god. So it just felt like, wow. Serendipity, yeah. Serendipity, exactly. Yes. So that was so lovely. So she invited me to come on as a writer. So this show, IDK, has had many performance, uh, many developments of different performers, different bodies okay. has been in the space. Um, and now, as circumstances have it, I have transitioned from just the writer to the to the text dramaturg, and then now I'm also a performer. It's just mm-hmm. through a series of circumstance. And um, this was, yeah, so this was the journey to getting here. She, what I love about the show that I find so interesting is it's, she's been, Danielle has been a, um, a dancer for 20 years, oh, 30, you know, for a long time. Like she knows the body. Over this last two years, she has helped me. So she has transformed my body. Helen, I send her videos of me doing Pilates in Brisbane and she's like correcting me. So she has really helped me understand my body so much more. That's what she does. That's her gift. And she's also like an intimacy coordinator, you know, on oh, films. Yeah, for films, mm. yeah, yeah, where they yeah. have to be like 
I don't know how to explain it, but I know that in the erotic scenes that they need to yes. be out of coordinated, need to be there to kind of give advice of what is appropriate, what isn't appropriate. Yeah, that's my exactly. Yeah. That is exactly right. And it's the TV show Bum, for example, that's、uh, her work.、Okay. So she was on it, and、um, it's a lot about the language around like boundaries. What are you comfortable、mm-hmm. with? What are you not? So this show IDK over like seventy minutes. It's really a condensation of her twenty-something year of knowledge、mm-hmm. of the body put、mm-hmm. into seventy minutes. The show explores.、Um, Yeah, boundaries, and it's actually really interesting. Like, what are your boundaries? What are mine? How do we come together? How、yeah. do you say no?、Mm-hmm. And it's all done in a really cheeky, funny, sensual, silly way that、mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying. Sounds、yeah. amazing. So you haven't done anything like this before, like in- incorporating dance with narratives, and also you know a very popular social issue, consent. Have you done anything like this before? Or、oh, this is the first time. No,、mm-hmm. not first time. First time, and that speaks to Danielle's faith in performance as well. Like、mm-hmm. her just looking at me, going, "Yep, you can do it." And I'm on stage with a professional dancer,、mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's quite、mm-hmm. scary.、Uh, no, I've never done anything like this before, and I am learning so so much in the room. Because often, as you read my credits, I'm a playwright. I often perform in my works. I'm an actor,、mm-hmm. but in this room. Everything is being used, your whole body, and I write as well. I speak this、uh, text too,、okay. so it's all combined together. And like even when we edit the text, it's not just I have to say, Danielle has to say, the performers, like the stage manager would fold in, and the sound designer. It's this work is like true creativity, like true collaboration.、Mm-hmm. And even right now, we've just broken apart a scene. Right now, we're just redoing it. We're constantly. It's funny, isn't it? Consent is about listening to people, and、yeah. listening and listening to your、yeah. body, and that's what we're doing to this work. Like we really yeah, have to listen work. to the work. <laughs> yeah,、wow. and the work tells us what it needs, and we just have. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's joyous. But、mm-hmm. even when it's difficult, we have to be patient and listen and try and try and try until it clicks in.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.、Mm. It's always like、um, consent is a very complicated. Uh, topic, I, I think. I mean, as an Asian woman in her forties, I found it quite liberating now that the society is finally discussing、oh. consent. It's like finally, and、yes. there's so much that we need to learn and also unlearn. You know, the behaviors that、yes. we grew up with is not longer valid、um, in modern society. You know, where、yes. we were told that females are supposed to be submissive and obedient, and the males takes the proactive actions. What are your、Absolutely. thoughts on the concept of consent? I agree with everything you said. Huge concept, and one thing to bring up, you said that I love the word you use, unlearning.、Mm. That's a big one. I don't think we talk about a lot.、Mm. And the one of these scenes that we worked on this morning, in fact, too, it's yeah, someone unlearning and the discomfort、mm-hmm. of of、uh, reflecting on yourself and. Even looking at yourself and the things that you've done, that perhaps is not the behavior you want anymore.、Mm-hmm. How do you? And to unlearn, you also need to acknowledge.、Mm-hmm. You also need to、um, perhaps forgive. Everyone's process is different. Consent is huge. Consent is huge, and we we looked at this from so many angles over two years. Actually, this work's been developing,、um, writing, unwriting, moving, unmoving. We and now here we are. And I really like that we've landed on、um, 
boundaries as like a key concept mm-hmm. because I think that's such a fundamental step. Even with what you talked about, like yeah, the things that we learn at Asian women being submissive, being and I think about myself too when I had relationships in Singapore, the relationships I have now, it's quite different, but it's because my boundaries shifted. Mm-hmm. You know, and I perhaps am hoping I'm better at recognizing other people's boundaries too and negotiating that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's very well said. I can to know. I mean, I I've always fascinated with idea of con- consent, and there was a really big revelation to me when I was reading、uh, Melissa Feeble's Girlhood, where she talked about going to this party, which is like a community event. It's called Hug or Cuddle Party, but it's essentially this is in the U.S. where you can go by yourself or with your friend. And you、mm. face with the strangers. They have a coordinator there, and they would、um, introduce everyone at the beginning of the party, and then、mm. you can start asking people to give you hugs. Like it's certain body intimacy with strangers, but it's a way. She realized it's a way for her to really unlearn the behaviors and the mentality that she grew up with as a woman to find、wow. uh, a confidence to say no. That you don't have, you know, a physical contact with someone, and I thought that was just—it it was just mind blowing to me because,、uh. and I never really thought about how to say no and too much older, and now as a mum myself, as a mother position, that I really know that is so important to teach kids that they have to stand on their own boundaries、yes. very early on. Because、yes. it's not only a way to protect yourself; it's the way to respect others as well, and getting people、yes. to respect you as well, isn't it? Absolutely, and it's so interesting to say that saying no was a big part of one of our developments too. I、um, this was like two developments ago, I think, and I actually shared with the group that during COVID, because I lost all my jobs, as you can imagine, as a performer and a writer, I lost everything, and so I actually got a job working with young people on the spectrum. Uh-huh. Um, teaching them social skills. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, and actually, one of my it's called Chill in Brisbane, and one of my lessons was、um, saying no. That's like for three hours.、Mm-hmm. We work on saying no, and so、um, Danielle said to me, "Hey, can you do do the lecture to all of us?、Mm-hmm. Like, give it to the class." And、um, we had such interesting conversations. Like, I'm not going to go through all of it now, but one of it's like step one's like stay calm. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's really difficult because and、um, being able to state where you're at, and once we reveal,、uh, you know, these are all, of course, neuro,、um, not of course, but this room happens to be all neurotypical people, and I taught the six steps of saying no, and we had such robust discussions because exactly like you said, it's quite difficult、mm-hmm. to say no to someone, and so we actually, as performers in this room. The way Danielle leads us is we actually practice that with each other a lot.、Um, no, like, and you don't have to explain. Oh no, you can't touch my shoulder. Or no, with an adjustment, but this one is fine. Or so practicing that, especially as an Asian woman with the background I had, so empowering. And as a performer, going、yeah. forward now, I feel way more empowered with my body and where I am. And it changes every day, every second, every minute. Doesn't matter. I can allow you to touch my cheek now, but thirty seconds later, I can say no, not now.、Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to carry this for the rest of my career.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Do you think that performance arts are、uh, elaborate aspects of social issue? For example, what we're talking about today, consent, and convey it better than other mediums. I mean, how does it differ to say, like, reading or listening to someone's story,、um, or the poorly a- a- executed ad- advertisement? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I need last year the milkshake debacle. Yes. Yeah, do you think、um, performance arts will do it better? <laughs> Look, I think、um, for me, the more we talk about it, the better.、Mm-hmm. I think we're all people who learn in different ways,、mm-hmm. and what access hits that person fantastic. Personally, I think learning or unraveling or journeying with live performances, of course, a preference to me, just because of how I connect. As an audience member with live performers, hopefully with a show like IDK, you laugh, you're relaxed, you you're moved by moments, you are open to different ways of thinking. This is not a literal show, right? It's not. There's no script. We don't go from the start to the end. It's not. This woman journeys across this. It's actually a lot of different texts and images and bodies and movements. So I think everyone's gonna take something a little bit different from it and. Because we know the show is about consent, it's about boundaries. It's a big topic, and we think this is the important part. What me and you are doing now, actually talking about it. So at the end of every show at Carriage Works, we're gonna have like ten minutes where we all, all three performers, stay on stage, and the audience are invited to. You don't have to, of of course, it's your choice. But you're invited to come up and chat about、oh, any moments, any. So we continue that journey. So hopefully that、mm-hmm. conversation then you bring on with you, and in fact. Um, on Friday, then we have this event too, where we have a whole panel and all these like leading Australian thinkers of consent are going to.、Um, it's part of a free event and part of the show as well, where they get to have a really robust discussion about、mm-hmm. consent and performance. Is the show appropriate? What's the age、um, is targeted for the,、mm. the show? Um. To be honest, I don't actually know the exact rating, but I would suspect that it's for sixteen、um, plus. Okay.、Mm-hmm. But maybe don't quote me on that one. I'm not one hundred percent sure. That's alright.、Um, mm. My final question is that: What advice would you give to young people who are considering performing arts as a career? And what advice would you give to the parents of those children?、Oh, <laughs> Given the fact、wow. that our podcast listeners' demographic range from very young people and people like me who have children, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a great one.、Um, I guess for the young people. I think my advice is actually to find your tribe,、mm. find like-minded souls, because it. I remember feeling so isolated that I was、mm. very, you know, into this thing that no one else was. And then the first time I was in the rehearsal room, and I remember we were just all stretching. That's all we were doing. We we're just all stretching. I go, oh gosh, these people enjoy doing this too, and that. And that is so empowering. And until now, when I'm, you know, in a place of distress, tension, or need, I have these people on my phone instantly. These dear friends that I can connect with, who understands what I'm going through. For parents, I don't know why in my head now I'm thinking Asian parents. But <laughs> 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 I think I would say to you know my the aunties and uncles I grew up with, like, don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Go to a show. 
go to lots of shows. I think bring your child to the theatre and and see films and see what ignites them. It's it's obvious, isn't it? When a thing ignites that young soul and that's the thing they want to pursue. And uh, I think encouragement can only help. And if they try it and they don't like it, they can always go to something else. But if they do like it, it. I mean, I'm so grateful that I have this career and I wish, you know, whoever that I see that little Asian girl out there who loves it, mm. that she gets to pursue it as well. And it's quite wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Well, um, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Merlene, and sharing your insights and your work. Um, so all the best to the launch of this amazing show. And as for our listeners, uh, please head to our show notes for the details of the performance, IDK, directed by Danielle Mrs. And the performance will be in Sydney's Carriage Works from the 23rd to the 26th of August. And then you will be heading to Melbourne's Art House from the 30th of August to the 2nd of September. Thank you again, Moline, for speaking with me here on our podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Helen. Thank you. Thank you.